The SportsZilla Show starts now. Now, Steve Donahue trots out, along with Aaron Boone, there's something troubling CeCe. Yeah, and maybe just one landing on that knee too many. CeCe's standing there, and he's he's in obvious pain. And boy, is he, he's got his head down, but the fans are going to show him an awful lot of love. This is the last time you're going to see him on the mound here. 2019 will be my final season. Obviously, thank a lot of people. Wouldn't be here today, you know, 18 years in the big leagues without so many different people. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Yeah, we got to talk about the Yankees. Just terrible. That was terrible the way that ended for them. It was an exciting game, though. A lot of drama. I mean, come on. But we got to do that in our next segment. Wrong ending for Yankees fans. Got to talk about CC. Got to talk about something Joe Girardi said about him. Got to talk about these baseballs. Got to talk about baseball. But we got to start with the loss to Pittsburgh. We got to start with the fact that is there a quarterback controversy now for Syracuse football? Is the O line still a concern? That's a question that I have to put out there. Yes. Yes. All these questions, I suppose, will be answered, and that's when they play Boston College next. I don't think we're going to find out anything between now and then. We might, but you never know. We've got an update. In case you were wondering, by the way, the kickoff time and TV information for Syracuse's next game before we discuss this pit game is uh, the November 2nd game, right? Well, that's November 2nd, Boston College, but we got Florida State, 3.30 p.m. Saturday. I got ahead of myself with uh, with the tidbit that you handed me. Thanks, Scoop. At Florida State Saturday. Somebody's got to have it together. I was thinking uh, that was this weekend's game, and then I I pulled the full piece of paper out and went, oh, yeah, that's the November 2nd game. Just racing past Halloween. <laughs> yeah, we got to play the next game first before we can play that game. But let's talk about this pick game. Is there a quarterback controversy? Is Clayton Welch the guy? What do you think? I mean, he, he... I don't think there's a controversy. I mean, I think Dino tried to squelch that in his postgame remarks. Me too. But this is a great opportunity for Clayton Welch. You know, he could come in here and he can be a hero. I mean, is there really a quarterback controversy if the one guy's banged up and can't play? Or maybe shouldn't have played because he's been banged up and, you know, he got pasted the other night again. So uh, maybe the senior gets a start? I don't know. There's a few days before we necessarily have to know that. Yeah, maybe just give Tommy DeVito a chance to heal up. I'm sure he's feeling it. And I mean, Dino said point blank, these guys are like my kids. I don't want to make them go through this again. I need to give them a chance to get everything, get his mind and his body right. He's been He's been pulverized lately. Eight sacks given up, three straight games against these power schools. I mean, he's getting blasted by the big boys. There's there's no doubt he's feeling that physically. He's got to not feel well overall. Yes, and I think Dino tried to say that, you know, Tommy was his guy post-game. But look, you've got a senior there, Clayton Welch, and if he's healthy and he can play, this is a great opportunity for him to try to get this team to six wins. I mean, he came in there, he made some stuff happen. Uh, the short passing game... Uh, wasn't so good, but I mean, a lot of this isn't his fault. I mean, the offensive line, we can't run the ball. Uh, you know, uh, quarterbacks have to run for their lives. Uh, we're, we're getting sacked all the time. A lot more than you think a lot. It's most, happening often. Most of anywhere. <laughs> well, is it 94 yard touchdown pass to Taj Harris? I, uh, Hackett got one too. Short, that short touchdown pass to and, Aaron and, Hackett. You got to use the tight ends too. And there was the wrong call with the fumble at the end of the game. It was the wrong call. And the officials denied the orange 
an opportunity to try to win that game. Oh, go ahead and argue all you want whether they deserved it or not. They probably didn't deserve it, but they were there. And that was, I don't know how the refs overturned that, where they, they found indisputable evidence to overturn the call that they had made on the field that it was a fumble. I, I it's baffling to me. I'm not the only one who doesn't get it. Mike McAllister is, is talking about this at Q's Nation. So I, we got jobbed by the refs. Everybody's talking about that because you saw, and it's been discussed over and over again, but you saw the different cam- camera angle that wasn't available at the time when they were trying to review the play on the field. And what angle did the refs have that may- allowed them to overturn what they had already called? It does not, it sounds to me like they were guessing. Oh, well, you know, uh, he, he was probably on the ground. You just got That's not how you're supposed to do that. You've just got to throw this in with the overall consensus that officiating in football is terrible on every level. That's what a lot of people are going to do. You're just going to heap on that. But you don't care about some of them because this is the one that affected Syracuse's ability to come back in this game where ultimately it was only a loss by a touchdown. You're right there at the end of the game with a, tan- a chance. A chance. I'm saying there's a chance to in tie that up. In spite of everything that had happened up to that point, the Orange have been in a position to maybe do something at the end of the game. Say what you will about the bad offensive line. Could have done this. Could have done that. Yeah, okay. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, it'd be Christmas every day. Ah, let me uh, share a little bit of audio. <laughs> I have to because I'm going to giggle for a second. Let's share uh, a few of the what I thought were pertinent comments to the conversation from Dino Baber's post game. First of all, scoop his decision to pull the veto. This is what Dino Baber said. And then obviously, you know, when uh, Tommy got the one hit, you know, he wanted to go back out there. But I'm like, no, you know, you've done enough for this one. That, that was a, a really, really good shot. Okay, it was a really good shot. And, and like I said, those guys are my, those guys are like my stepsons. I mean, that was enough for me. Okay. And I... That was enough for me. I didn't need to see him do that, go through that again. Yeah, just enough's enough, as we were saying. And then he talked about using Clayton Welch. Let's hear that. We just wanted to kind of balance the stuff out a little bit. We had his legs. Okay, we don't, you know, Tommy's a family member. We don't want to be running him through the defense the way he is. So we thought if we ran some QB runs, maybe it would soften it up a little bit. Clayton came in and did that. We have to do some other things with him. So every time he comes in, he's not just the running quarterback that comes in, and we try to do some of those things as well. I think if healthy, clearly Tommy DeVito is your starter. It's a Sportzilla show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 with Scoop and Rain. He cares about these kids, Scoop, and he wants to win football games, and he stated that, and they're trying to win games, and everybody's job is now on the line. There's more than just a quarterback controversy here you got to play better on the offensive line. There's just a lot of things that have to improve with this team. you got a 3-4 and four record. You are what your record says you are. You hear that all the time. Well, the offensive line has to play better for the Orange to get three wins and try to get to that magic number of six. you got to win your home games. It's at uh, Wake Forest and Boston College, I believe. And if you can win one of the road games, then you're at six. But that doesn't happen with an offensive line, it gives up sacks like this offensive line is doing that. And they got to be able to run the ball. You gotta they be- can't run the ball. It's just it's atrocious on the offensive line. They know it. 
but they could improve. <laughs> this is this is me hoping against hope. They could get better. They could improve. They have to. Yes, for the for the orange to get to that six game plateau at least. This, if you're wondering, as we had discussed, the fumble is what Dino had to say about what he saw because nobody saw the correct angle until it was too late, and then that's why... Kind of fishy. Yeah, that's why there's the, the controversy afterwards. I couldn't see it from where I was on, on my side of the deal. In fact, I didn't even see the ball come out. That's how bad my angle was. But you know something? From where he is, it doesn't matter. The officials on the field are the ones that have to see that. It, you know, I, I know, Scoop, we've talked about this. Mike McAllister was going to join us from 247 Sports. He had a little something going on today being a dad. But I think we're going to be able to get him to join us on Wednesday. And and I want to hear what he has to say because he's pretty impassioned about it. And I think the entire fan base is it's, – it's not just that play. It's an overall frustration because it's not just with the fans. It's with the team. It's with Coach Babers. We expect it to be better. We're not where we thought we would be. So frustration is now boiling over this. That was maybe the breaking point, and everybody feels like we got screwed. So now it's all coming out. And maybe we did think that Tommy DeVito was a little better than he actually is. Now, to be fair to him, I think he's banged up, and he may be more banged up than we think he is or know he is. So, I mean, that's going to affect his play, especially over the last couple of weeks. But there was a lot of expectations before the season, just like the Cleveland Browns. And then you start playing the games, and you have some problems that you don't expect. Curiously, both teams, the Browns and the Orange, are suffering on the offensive line. We talked about that last week. The parallels are actually kind of, it's kind of frightening how similarly close they really are. It's it's just a weird thing, and I wish there was a magic solution for it. You wish you knew how to fix it, because if you did, you would. But sometimes there's just no answers, and there's things that are out of your control. You can only control so much. They, they want to play. They want to win. But health is a factor sometimes, or a bad call is a factor sometimes. Unfortunately, that's been happening far too much. Well, I think uh, Dino even talked about the offensive line, and I, 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 you know, he said something to the effect that, you know, everybody, their jobs are in jeopardy. But he also said that, look, I'm not going to just replace a guy if if the guy I'm replacing him with uh, isn't entirely ready. You got to have the you got to have the best guys out there. You just don't make a change for the sake of making a change. You got to know the guy you're plugging in there is ready to go and can do a better job. Let me validate your point. Right now, everybody's job is in jeopardy. If we're going to go through the tape, and if guys haven't done the type of job they need to do, then we need to start getting some other guys in there. It's not fair to keep playing the same guys if the uh, if the results don't change. You know, and, and now when I say that, you can say, "Hey, you played the same five guys. The other guys have to be good too." It's not intramurals just because you're the next guy, you get a chance to play. Okay, it's not like that. But if they're good enough and they give us an opportunity somewhere down the road. Then we need to have an opportunity. We need to give those guys a chance to see if they can do better because there are certain guys in the, in the game that are not doing good enough. Let me just let Dino address the offensive line struggles like everybody else has. Some of those sacks are on kids just not targeting correctly. You know, you have to have more than one protection. And, uh, you know, you call one protection A and protection B, and you got a kid doing protection A when they're supposed to be doing protection B. It means the guy's running in and no one's blocking him. He's just running in. And then you've got opportunities where you've got wide receivers not doing the things that they're supposed to do or a quarterback not doing what he's supposed to do. So it's all spread out. To put it on one position, 
is always something that you got to be careful of, especially when you go back and watch the tape. But the, the thing that we need to do is we need to grow. And we're not growing enough, fast enough for me, okay? And uh, we need to put an emphasis on that. You worry about Mo Neal and Abdul Adams, who are very capable backs. You're not going to get the passing game going because you can't even get the running game going. And you got to have a balance of the two, or it's going to just continue and play out to be a very frustrating season for the Orange. And these aren't mistakes that he's talking about. Dino's not talking about mistakes born out of effort. He's talking about mental mistakes. Protection A, protection B. you got to be knowing what you're playing, this play right now, where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing. And this is something else we've talked about on this show previously in weeks past, is that this offensive line is struggling with that right now. They don't know where they're supposed to be necessarily. These guys are making mental mistakes, and it's kind of baffling that it's happening this late in the year because you, you got to know your playbook. you got to know protection A. you got to know protection B. You're supposed to know where you're going, who you're supposed to block, what what the goal of the whole system is on this play. And they're lost. They're mentally, and, and that way, because they're mentally lost, they're physically dancing around, not doing the right thing. They're, 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 there's no muscle memory there. They're thinking too much. That's exactly what's happening. Well, on that note, you know Coach Babers is going to do what's necessary to coach these kids up and focus on the task at hand, which is to win the next game. We're going to take a break on the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Baseball next. It's the Sportszilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Come watch On the Block with Brent Axeth. Dave and Busters. Watch it live. Dave and Busters in Destiny, USA, this Friday from 4 to 6. Come out, win prizes, enjoy great food, and tell Brent that Pete Rose should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Whether you believe it or not, you might get to watch his head actually explode. But his bills are 5-1, and one, so he's going to be happy. Well, I don't care the bills are 5-1. and one. He's going to be happy about that. And the Red Sox just lost because it was Yankees Elimination Day. And he's one of those people that gets anti-Yankees people. They get hyped for that. It's kind of like when the Patriots are eliminated, but it just seems like that never happens. They win the Super Bowl at least every other season. We'll talk NFL in a few minutes. But baseball, man, I mean, it just was heartbreaking I'm sitting there and I'm watching the game scoop. DJ LeMayhew, they're down two. He hits the home run. The guy is clutch. Gary Sanchez, who performed, um, he he underwhelmed, let's just say this postseason, offensively. But he calls DJ LeMayhew la machine because he is a machine. He just, all he does is hit. I mean, that was so clutch. And Yankees fans are going crazy. I was like out of my mind. I'm I'm sitting there, I've got my son who had fallen asleep, and he's on my shoulder, and I scream so loud, completely silently, that I'm surprised it still didn't wake him up. I'm like, imagine that. It doesn't go over well on radio, but you get my point. Well, that was high drama, that whole game. And for Altuve to come back and get the shot again after that, I mean, wow. Uh, Just a fantastic game if you're a baseball fan. If you're a Yankee fan, you're you're heartbroken. Yes, that's and you, and if it's you're, accurate. You know, you're second guessing. You know, not bringing the infield in. I think that was uh, the sixth inning, maybe. Uh, you know, you're, you're second guessing some decisions here and there. 
could have pushed it to a game seven, you would have had to face Gary Coleman. I wonder about the Domingo Herman suspension. He was a pretty reliable starter all year, a valuable arm to the team all year. I'm not saying that wins them the ALCS, but you go, what if? They clearly have got to improve their starting pitching overall. They've got to have guys like Houston does, like the Nationals do, and which is why they're in the World Series, that can give you some length. you got Pat Corbin from Syracuse, who's pitching for the Nationals. You've, you've got Max Scherzer. Who is, I, I mean, who's the two best pitchers in Major League Baseball? It's Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer. I, I'm pretty sure that they're clear cut the two top aces that any team has. They don't have that guy. The Yankees don't have that guy. And that clearly was the difference, I think, when it's all said and done. That and Jose Altuve is five foot six and crushed the ball. I still think it's because the balls are juiced. I'm going to blame that, but we'll talk about that in a well, second. Well, there, there's a conversation to be had about that. Oh, we'll have that conversation. Aaron Judge saying post game that the season was a failure. That's the Yankee way. That is the Yankee way. 103 wins, and the season is a failure. And fans are screaming bloody murder all over social media. Oh, you got to blow up this team. you got to fire Cashman, that crap again. Stop. Just stop. They've, they've got to make some changes. I agree with the narrative that, yes, he hasn't done enough to address starting pitching. And clearly, in retrospect, not trading for Garrett Cole may have... Well, it may have been beneficiary to have him on the Yankees as opposed to the Astros. And, yeah, you could argue at the time that they got Verlander, Verlander wasn't doing what Verlander did with the Astros. He was kind of crappy in middle of the pack with Detroit. Remember when you wanted Bryce Harper? Yeah, I'm glad. We How did. would have that worked out? He was my only guy. But I said it. That was the guy I would have signed, and I would have signed that guy. But he also would hit 10 more home runs in Yankee Stadium because pop-ups to second, it went a windy day, clear the fence. But, yeah, I mean, he's not with Washington, so he's sitting there in Philadelphia watching it like everybody else. you got to love this stuff, man. The drama is just its so intense, and especially if you're invested in the team. Without question, it makes you – it fires you up a little bit more. I mean, the comeback for the Yankees to bring that to 4-4 was just fantastic. Yeah. it A baseball game doesn't get any better than that. And, they, I mean, you're a kid. You – Play with your friends out in the backyard, and you go, it's the ninth inning. It's the World Series. Maybe you say it's game seven instead of game six. You know, uh, but or the, the it, maybe you pretend it's the World Series and not the, the championship series of, of the American League versus the National League. But this is what you dream of as a kid. Jose Altuve gets up there and he does it. That's an all-time moment. The only thing even better is if that's the one like Joe Carter with the with Toronto, for example, yeah. that have won the World Series. Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1 with Scoop and Rain. My favorite part of the aftermath of the game, even though the Yankees lost, and I do have to give credit to Jose Altuve. I mean, that was clutch, and he did it off one of the best closers in the game. But did you hear what he said about the ripping of his shirt no, now, th- tell me about this. Okay, well, this is why Jose Altuve didn't want his teammates to rip off his jersey as they have done in celebrations past. This is in his own words. Did you ask your teammates not to tear your shirt? Why was that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm too shy. Last time they did that, I got in trouble with my wife. <laughs> 
He got in his, trouble with his wife. His wife got mad at him? His wife got mad at him. So he's like, yeah, did you see, when you saw when he was running around, he was holding his jersey closed, like, do not rip my jersey. It, it's not modest enough, and he shouldn't be showing off his bod, and that belongs to her. What's, there's a lot going on there. I'd love to unpack if only we could talk to her. Another great tidbit after at the aftermath of the game ending and the Yankees losing, unfortunately, at least from my perspective, Home run ball bounces off the giant wall in the back of the field down in Houston, Minute Maid Park. Yankees left fielder Brett Gardner picks it up. He sees the bullpen catcher for Houston. His name is Javier Bracamonte. He walks past, he's walking past him towards the pile of the Astros, all starting to celebrate. Here, Gardner says, he handed him the ball. He goes, take this. You guys are a great team. Now go win the World Series and, and represent the American League well. Bracamonte then said it was really classy. And Aaron Judge on the way by gave him a hug and said the exact same thing. And he said, I have so much respect for those guys. Now, a couple of meatballs in the Yankee Stadium crowd acted like jerks to Josh Reddick. But as far as on the field, these guys respect each other. And real recognizes real, to borrow that expression. These are two juggernaut teams. You know, one team had to end up losing. They Neither one of them was great with runners in scoring position. They both had... Well, they killed the Yankees earlier in the series. Yeah, just, it's the way... It, that's baseball, Susan. It always boils down to that. John Sterling is the prophet that knows all. It's just baseball, Susan. That's all. It's just baseball. He God. was upset about the infield not playing in on that uh, one play earlier in the game, as I was listening. We're up against a break, Scoop, but I did want to point out, and I will make sure to put this... Uh, we'll come back with a couple thoughts on CC that we had promised... But I'll put this on the Twitter at ESPN Sportsilla. That's where you can reach out to us. CC Sabathia released a statement today, which we'll touch on in the next segment. But also I will share an article that was on Deadspin that really goes into detail on the, the jokes we've made about the juiced baseballs. And you can read that for yourself. But it's really it's fascinating when you read some of the backstory of this. You've heard Justin Verlander and other players. You've seen the unprecedented. And it's not by a few. A massive amount more of home runs are being hit now, or especially this past season, than ever before in the game. And, by the way, just a, a little... A little incentive to read this. Did you know that Major League Baseball owns the company now that makes the baseballs? See, I didn't know that until I read this piece. It smells rotten. So if you're interested in that, I'll put that at ESPN Sportzilla. The Sportzilla show is on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. We'll be right back. It's the Sportzilla show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. And I want to bounce our balls a little bit and talk basketball scoop. But as we get back into this, I want to lead everybody in and just put a pretty bow on our baseball conversation from a minute ago. CeCe Sabathia just tweeted, posted on Instagram, all over his social media. His basically thank you to the Yankees and Yankees fans, things like that. But it was sad to see, as you heard, the glue guy, Matt, made our open today. And he, he threw some nice audio of CC and how it all went down. And it was it was sad. It was a sad way, not just as a Yankee fan, but somebody that is beloved within the game the way CC is kind of go out like that. A former Cleveland Indian, a Milwaukee Brewer, and on and on. But his manager for a number of those seasons was Joe Girardi. And Joe Girardi was commenting on Major League Baseball Network. And he got emotional. And, and, it, and it hit home. And I thought we could share that real quick. That was not the way I wanted to see it end for him. CC, you're a Hall of Fame pitcher that was as tough as any man I was ever around, what you went through on a daily basis to just be able to get on the mound. 
You were a great husband. You were a great father. You were probably the greatest teammate I've ever been around because of your ability to pull all 25 and sometimes all 50 people together in a clubhouse. And you were the guy that I always wanted on the mound when we needed a win. And it was a privilege for me to manage you for nine years. I love you, man. That goes a little bit beyond broadcasting and sports. That's real, Scoop. That's that's some real raw emotion. And a lot of respect. Yes. A lot a lot of respect, a lot of love. It, it was not just the guys in his locker room every year. It was everybody across the league. You saw opposing players paying respect to him throughout the course of the season when it was his last stop in certain places. It didn't get the publicity of the CC farewell tour that maybe the Derek Jeter's final year or Mariano's did, but he is as beloved as those two guys throughout the game. He just, as, as much as, at least, at least that much. Tried to get out there, the left shoulder thing going on. I don't even really know if, if a, a diagnosis has been made anything. public, but... It, it was sad because uh, it, it would have been great to go out uh, with your body working with your best effort. You know, it, Jim Brown got to quit football at the top of his game, and that is very often viewed as one of the the best sports retirements, albeit maybe a little premature. Sure, Barry Sanders, uh, same thing. But to go out at the top of your game. Uh, at the top of your ability. I don't know that CC would have been at that point, but you wanted more for him. You wanted him to be able to go out there and pitch, you know, and he'd struggled through a lot to, to stick around as long as he has. Just to end it with the physical ability to still compete would have probably been, he would have chosen that a hundred times over than the way it ended exactly. Even if it was 85% of what he might have right. had some years ago, you would have liked to have seen that rather than a guy out there hurt. All right. Well, for me, baseball season's over. I'll pay attention to the World Series a little bit because I suppose that's a big deal, but the Yankees aren't in it. But the NBA gets started. There's a couple games tonight. Lakers clips the late game. Tomorrow night. Good. Tomorrow night. Yeah, it's still Monday, right? Yes. Man, you are saving my butt today, Scoop. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's still Monday. Tomorrow night, 1030, Lakers Clippers. And at 8 o'clock, it is Pelicans-Raptors. Then the full slate, the full schedule opens up for everybody else on Wednesday. I'm excited that the NBA is back. It's crazy to have this China balancing act that they're trying to do. I feel really bad for the position that Adam Silver has now been put on, put under because of the Daryl Morey tweet that led to the LeBron comments. And then there's a lot more to it than just that, but that's what got the publicity. But the man in the middle is Adam Silver. I wanted to share... His words, he's sympathetic to the players. He gets it. The Lakers were playing some preseason games at the time. All of this will kind of explode it, if, if that's the right word. I think they've been put in an incredibly unfair situation. And I think that these players, I mean, take LeBron, who has an incredible track record of doing things that change, have changed people's lives in the United States, to be asked to comment on a difficult foreign issue is, I, I think, again, there, there's free expression. And he should say how he feels. But... 
Freedom of speech also means the freedom not to speak. And if it's, and I've often said to, ish, to players about issues here at home, if it's something you don't know about, you don't feel comfortable responding, it's, that's okay as well. So it's been no win for a lot of those players. So I'm very sympathetic. Everybody wants to jump down LeBron's throat about his no comment, essentially. But look, it, it's real easy to jump on Twitter and Facebook and spout your opinion. There's a lot of reasons not to. Okay, well, you know, this is injustice. and You know, you got to realize that Twitter and Facebook, they are accumulating all this information on you, and then they're selling it. And they're selling it to people who are trying to manipulate, manipulate you into voting this way or that way or feeling this way about this group of people or that group of people. And you are setting yourself up to be manipulated. Quite frankly... I'm not comfortable spewing my opinions all over social media about political issues. I'm just a regular guy. I'm not LeBron James. I'm not Miley Cyrus, who every time you you say something, it is put under this microscope of, well, what does this mean? Miley said this about her, you know, her new boyfriend. And it's like, oh, my God, the scrutiny is unlike anything we have ever had before. And you've got these social media companies that are collecting all the data, seeing what pages you like, putting together a profile on you, and selling it to people like Cambridge Analytica so that they can then turn around and sell that information to some rogue organization or government and manipulate you. And people like LeBron James can't get away from that. There is two sides to every story. There's a lot of different ways that you can look at this. Sitting right there, though, the pink elephant in the room in this whole situation is the $5 billion between the NBA and China. And now this back and forth is happening. Adam Silver had some comments about perhaps double standards being involved in all of this. I think many of our players have spoken out um, on political issues in the United States, some very divisive, and there's never been a suggestion of discipline. And so this notion that then a general manager in this league speaks out against about a political issue internationally, that there would then be discipline, makes absolutely no sense either. And I think that was something we all talked through as a group, but I don't think there's any double standard in terms of how players would be treated or management in a situation like that. Let's get a final comment on this and then a couple more NBA tidbits. Michael Jordan was asked just within the last week why he didn't speak out more on issues as a player and he said I was focused on being the best basketball player that I can be okay Michael didn't have the pressure of social media that LeBron James has today or the expectations to comment on every little political thing that comes down the road and this is a pretty big one that involves the NBA and all sorts of money and Michael now says in retirement he, can, he he's able to care more about issues and learn more about issues. I mean, a lot of these guys aren't comfortable in commenting because they don't know the the details. They don't know. They're trying to be the best basketball players they can be. They're not required to comment. If they do, they get lit up, and if they don't, they get lit up. So what's the what's the balancing act in the middle? couple more things related to basketball, though, will lighten the basketball mood as we look forward to the NBA season starting tomorrow. So the Raptors have converted O'Shea Brissett's Exhibit 10 deal into a two-way contract. He's uh, also joining Tyus Battle, 
who had a deal with Minnesota. We heard a little bit earlier on our sports center that Ty Ennis uh, is now on a two-way deal, and he's in the G League. So it's it's nice to see some guys getting opportunities from the Qs. And, of course, we're not far from SU basketball. And I'm going to say this again. Syracuse, we need a G League team. Let's steal one from someplace. I don't see why we couldn't. I mean, Can you imagine how big that would be? Do you have a facility for it here? I'm trying to think. Are you renovating a facility for it here? Just a thought. It's a possibility. Or, I mean, you want to go scale it down a little smaller? I've been to G League games. On center, maybe? And they're fun. And they don't, they aren't necessarily in the, the biggest facilities. Okay. The on center could do it. You know, where they can't charge play. Uh, that, that venue is not as nice as the Onondaga War Memorial. I mean, blue guy. Mike, blue guy, yeah, Celtics fan, yes. Would you want to go see your Celtics G League? Oh, definitely. Team? So we're on Taco Fall. We're on a Celtics. Come on, you're in. Oh, definitely, definitely, without a doubt. Me and the fellas are just here talking. I mean, I'm thinking this might be a decent I, idea. I know there's guys out there with money that could try to, you know, push the the levers and make that happen. All right, we're up against our next break. Let's, we get a chance. We got to do it. Let's get some Hollow Hops Brewfest information out there really quick before we close this out. Come back, and I think we'll probably talk some NFL. But there's beers, 100-plus brews, 50 breweries, two sessions, 3 to 6, 7 to 10. You get them at hollowhops.com, Scoop. And it is this Saturday in the shadows of the canyon at Destiny USA. You can also get tickets in person for those brew sessions at Branching Out Bottle Shop in Camillus. Some great prizes for the costume contest. 250 gift cards to Destiny USA. There's three categories. So get your tickets. Enjoy some beers. There's a pumpkin ring toss. they got beer pong, cornhole. Uh, scary tunes with a DJ who's Josh from uh, another radio station in this company who actually used to be on with another guy a little bit earlier in the day that we won't even go into that. But, yeah, that's all happening. So if you like beers, stop out. and love me some beer. This, I'll take two. Take two right now? Heck, yeah. Wait till wait till we get off the air in about 12. Bring me an Omegang Witta or some buried acorn. 12 minutes away, you can have one. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Check out the Romano Subaru pregame show on Saturday. Seth Goldberg getting you ready for the Orange versus Florida State. He's going to share with you all the experts who have weighed in on ESPN Syracuse over the course of the week, including head coach Dino Babers. This Saturday, the Romano Subaru pregame show. There you have it. Uh, the Crunch had a rough, well, they had a rough game against the Comets. 6-2 they lost this past Wednesday. And then the Checkers, who were demolished by the Comets, then come out here and they beat the Crunch pretty handily. It hasn't been a great, it's been a great couple of games, including the home opener for the Crunch, but Put it damper on that banner raising. It sure did. But let me just say, they have a pink the rink night this Saturday for upstate cancer uh, for the upstate cancer center. Uh, of course, giving back to the community. And there's always things like this when when it's bigger than sports. I always love to support that, and I always love to see the teams doing things and giving back to the community where the fan base supports them. So I just wanted to put that out there. But the NFL is the, is the thing we wanted to leave you with in detail. Not 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 digging anything too deep, but the Giants lost. It was it was tough to see. The Bills won. I think they're pretty good. You're going to hear about that. I well, it was get, a little bit of a nervous game, I think, because I don't think a lot of the Bills mafia thought the Dolphins would would play in that close. Granted, the Bills were able to pretty much 
squash anything the, the the Dolphins tried to throw at them. When they even when they come back, the Bills are ready to answer. But I don't think Bills Mafia expected it to be that close. Oh, a few minutes away from being on the block with Brent X, I'm sure you're going to hear all about how this is their year. They're going to the Super Bowl, and uh, well, they, they do look pretty good. I think they're contenders. Not pretenders. No, no, no. Don't give him that. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. going to run with that. Their their defense is, is good. so good. It is really good. It is really Even good. Even though they might have been a little off yesterday at points. But 5-1 and one positions you very well. I mean, win a few more games, just lock that spot up. But obviously... I think they're as good as some teams that are leading their division. Well, they've got to get by the Patriots, who have a cream puff in the Jets tonight, even though the Jets did beat Dallas. Wouldn't it be something... If the Jets beat the Patriots tonight? Yes, it would. Can it you would. imagine your Twitter timeline with all the Jets fans going nuts? Does the glue guy want to say anything? I'm good. In defense of his team? No, I'm good, actually. Let me just add to that. Pigs may also fly shortly after this broadcast. That is very smart to keep your mouth shut. The smartest thing you can do is not interject your way and then just sit back, watch the game, and then you can read and react. But he thinks afterwards. it's bad luck. That's why he doesn't want to say anything. That's he's what superstitious. I'm yeah, he's well, yeah, and I also expect that the Jets could beat the Patriots. He's being smart about it. You expect that. You're being a realistic fan. Our offense is garbage. I keep telling you guys this. All right. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, you you analyze that team well. He's usually spot on about things. He keeps his mouth shut when he needs to. Let's us do the top. How many pick sixes does Darnold throw tonight? Oh, I'm going with three. Does he give mono to anybody on the Patriots? Let's just go three. Let's just say three. He might. No kissing. Maybe he gives Tom Brady mono, and that changes the entire season for the for the entire league. All right, we got a lot more for you tomorrow, three to four. But now we will get you on the block with Brent X. He's up next. The Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. Sorry for the couple seconds we borrowed, Brent.